Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the show. Tonight, we face addiction. We face it head on. Addiction is a powerful topic and my guess is that there is not a listener out there who hasn't been impacted by addiction, at least in some way. And tonight, we're going to deal with it. So if you're struggling with addiction yourself, if you have a loved one who's struggling with addiction, and you'd like some insight around it, how to speak with your loved ones, because that's also really, really challenging, then give us a call. The number is 866 391 or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Look, addiction is gripping. It's gripping. I've said in the past, and I've used this kind of as my tagline, that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who have issues and, and dead people. In other words, we all have issues. We all have issues but here's something equally as profound. We have a tendency to minimize other people's problems and maximize our own. And look, I'm in this with you. We're all in this together. So in other words, if you stub your toe, you know, it's a big deal to you, but somebody else is like, ah, whatever, you stubbed your toe. Now, in terms of, let's say for me, for instance, a few weeks back, I was sick. Now... As a man who was sick, if you ask my wife, that was a big deal. That was like a big 911 emergency for me just to have a flu. I mean, it was, it was, it was call in the troops because I had the flu. And, uh, you know, I made that maximized. I made that big. Look, I'm sick. I need the world to know. We might as well have neon signs out there. But it's true for all of us in a sense that we maximize the struggles we experience, but minimize the struggles others experience. And I like to have fun and poke fun at myself around that. But what is not really fun to joke about or not, not a joke in any way is when we talk about addiction and how it impacts us. And here's what happens. And this is, this is something that is emotional. It's an emotional issue for so many people. We're going to talk to someone tonight from the Addiction Policy Forum. I'm going to tell you about the Addiction Policy Forum. I'm actually the state chair for Pennsylvania, and it's just an unbelievable organization that's there to provide actual support and help. It's designed to help save lives, and I'll give you numbers. I'll give you information on that tonight, but one of the key pieces that I'm going to focus on tonight is judgment because we have such a tendency to judge people when they're going through addiction and we seem self-righteous in our ability to judge someone. But yet, and I brought up that whole two kinds of people thing at the beginning because I believe life happens on a continuum. So maybe on one end of the spectrum, someone's suffering with really intense addiction. Maybe on the other end of the spectrum, 
people are struggling with a mild addiction. But let's face it, whether you are struggling with, hey, I am addicted to sugar, maybe I'm addicted to caffeine, before we judge others, and this is a big, this is an important centerpiece for me, before we judge others, it's important for us to wipe away that judgment and approach people with humility. I think that changes just about everything, to change, to approach people with humility. So one of the things that I think that I can help introduce tonight is the idea of what happens neurologically when someone is struggling with addiction. So if you or your loved one are struggling with addiction, there are things that happen in your brain that are really taking over for you. There was a story out of Oregon that was heartbreaking to watch, but there was a uh, retired army uh, sergeant who was uh, struggling with addiction. He was uh, taken in custody, and these sheriffs in Oregon kind of laughed and watched him actually until he passed away, and they were making fun of him. Oh, look at this addict, Make, calling him names, laughing on the camera, videoing him. Now, my show is not about let's pull up a topic and let's talk about that topic. My show is about you specifically. It's about me specifically. It's not about others out there. So my telling you about that story isn't to judge the people who were doing that on the camera. That's not my purpose at all. My purpose is to tell you about it, to say that we have as a society come to accept that it's okay to judge someone who's struggling with addiction. And I'm here to say firmly tonight that it's not. It's not okay to judge people. It's not. And and once we realize that we minimize the harm we cause others and maximize the harm they cause us, then we step away from that judgment. There is there is hope. There is hope. And that's that's big because I think a lot of times as soon as we know that someone in our lives is struggling with addiction, we think there's no hope. That's it. They're down that path. For the longest time, addiction has kind of been a mystery. Some people get really upset if you phrase it as a disease. But modern neuroscience tells us that it is a disease. It impacts our brain. There is a physical, chemical change in the brain when you become addicted to certain substances. And so I'm going to talk about that tonight. I'll teach about that. I think it's really important to pull all of that in. But along the way, if you have questions and you want to talk about it, you want to know, how do I approach a loved one? Because, listen, isn't that the key? We see someone struggling and we say, how can I approach that person? So I developed something called yield theory. 20 years ago, I've been working on this for 20 years. It's my legacy to the world. I'm, I'm excited to put my book out with Sounds True Publishing. Uh, it'll come out next year. But... The whole concept about yield theory is getting around people's fight or flight response because as soon as we want to tell someone, hey, change what you're doing, do something differently, you need to get help, as soon as we do that, we tend to shut people down. And there's a big difference between standing on a soapbox and declaring that you're right 
and not really making a difference and actually getting through to someone. If you want to talk tonight, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the Right Automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. We're talking about addiction on KDKA Radio. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number, if you want to be a part of the show, is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Tonight, we're facing addiction, and I like to phrase it as facing addiction. I think when we approach any subject, we tend to run from it. We run from conflict. Time and again, we run from conflict. But I think it is in our human nature to face what we need to face. It's getting to be Halloween time, so you might see some gargoyles out, right? You'll see gargoyles out. And you wonder if you've ever noticed that gargoyles sit outside of churches. Uh, Medieval churches would put these gargoyles up. And you think, well, what is that for? What is that to ward off evil spirits? It's not. Here's the real reason why we had gargoyles outside of churches. Gargoyles were intended for this. If what is on the inside of that church is your salvation, something that is divine for you, then in order to get that, you've got to face your fears. You've got to walk through those fears. And they were designed to say, look, you're willing to go through it to get what you want. There are some beautiful imageries Throughout the spiritual world in Buddhism, there's a belief that when you die, you're faced with either these beautiful gods or your worst fears. And if you go toward these beautiful gods, you get reborn again as a lowest life form because you took the easy path. But if you face your worst fears and you go through it, you realize it's just a projection of what's inside of you. Facing things is inside of us. It's inside of us. We We're not designed to just run from things. We want to go through it. Unfortunately, there are times where we say, I don't feel like going through it. So I want to rephrase that and say we are designed to have the ability to go through and face whatever we need to face. It's not always easy. But oftentimes, the biggest part of the obstacles we face when we want to confront something like addiction, the often the biggest obstacle is what occurs in our minds. So we build up barriers, we build up walls, we build up obstacles in our mind, and we think, I can't say this because so-and-so will say this. I can't approach so-and-so because I don't want to offend so-and-so. Instead, we don't face it, and that's when things build. Think about how many problems in your life have have, have been built upon an unwillingness to simply face them. I say this to young people all the time. I I do a lot of work with... uh, sports team. So I will tell the the athletes, I'll say, look, if we have a problem and it's, you know, the size of, of, let's say, let's say one rock. Let me give you a visual. Let's say it's the size of one rock. So this problem between two people is the size of one rock. If, if somebody pulls in another person, now it's the size of two rocks. You pull in another person, now it's three rocks. So we build problems up rather than just facing it while it's the size of one rock. If we can be quicker to confront what we need to confront, we can really make a difference. But again, part of the challenge is how we confront others. 
And that's where yield theory for me comes into play. This is why I teach people to lead with compassion. Because if my goal is to interact with people simply to tell them how I'm right and they're wrong, then yes, I'm going to elicit defensiveness. But if my goal is to genuinely communicate care and compassion and love, then there's a good chance I can do that by being straightforward with someone. Hey, listen, I've been noticing that you're, you've been different recently. I've noticed recently that you seem to be struggling. My heart goes out to you. I want to be able to understand what's going on with you. I want to provide a safe space for you. Oftentimes, people don't reach out about any subject, about anything, whether they're struggling with depression, addiction, anxiety. People don't reach out for fear of how others might respond. But what if we could create a more compassionate universe, a more compassionate environment? You might say, that's idealistic. We can't do that. No, but you can. I can. I can change myself. You can change yourself. We think so much. I need to... We don't have to change the whole world. We just have to change ourselves. We have to work on ourselves. So imagine if you could make yourself a safe enough space. Parents ask me this about their young children starting to lie to them. Why would they lie to me? I don't know why they would lie. Well, they would lie because they don't want to get in trouble. What if they, if your goal is to teach children to be honest, then you have to create the type of environment that allows them to feel safe enough to own up to what they did. That doesn't mean don't punish them, not in any way. Absolutely, be consistent, but do it in a way that leads with compassion, that the goal is to teach, that the goal is to share. When we lead with humility, things change. So I've noticed something in my 44 years on the planet. I'm sneaking in that I'm 44 years old because my birthday's in a couple of weeks, so I'd rather just be on, 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 on air saying I'm 44. But So yeah, in 44 years, I've, I've learned something, and, and I've learned that the older I get, life really isn't as complicated as we make it. Life is not as complicated as we make it. People, I, I do a lot of work in the prison system, and uh, I'm in the prisons and t- talking to people all the time about peace. So I asked an inmate the other day. I said, "I wanted. I said I want you to imitate me. Give me your best imitation of me. I, I'm good. I can handle it. Whatever you want to throw at me. I had no idea what she was going to throw at me. And she said, "Oh, I'm Dr. Conti. I want you to have peace." And I said, "Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. If that's your imitation of me." I will take it. I don't care if I have a goofy voice in your mind. What I care about is that you see that what I'm really about is peace. If we want to get good at the piano, what do we do? We practice playing the piano. If we want to get good at peace, we have to practice peace. If we want to make ourselves a safe space for people to talk to, to come to, to feel safe, to open up to, then we need to work on ourselves in wiping away our judgment and instead of thinking, I need to prove to the other person that I have the answers. Instead, say, I want to prove to the other person that I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I might not have the answers, but I'm here with you. And I'm here with you tonight. That's why if you want to call in 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or text us at 866-391-1020 on the Right Automotive text line. So we're getting some uh, emails and some texts, but we're welcome to call in and talk about whatever's going on. If you're struggling with addiction, if you have a loved one who's struggling with addiction, give us a call. This subject of addiction is so powerful. I heard something the other day that I want to share with you, and I really want this number to, to just, just to sink in for a minute. More than 100 
and 44 Americans die as a result of an overdose every day. That's the equivalent of two sold-out 747s crashing every week in America. That is beyond sad. We know someone who's struggling with addiction. And and here's the challenge that we come to. This is a, this is one of the part of the problem. We associate saying, well, addiction is all. This is just a party. They're just out to do drugs and just have fun and just 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 let loose. And that's what it's all about. So who cares if they get hurt? Who cares if they're struggling because they're just trying to party? First of all, I would like to start with when did it become inhuman to want to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. I'm pretty sure that's the essence of human beings, right? We want to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Somehow we convince ourselves that when we maximize pleasure and minimize pain, it's okay, but when others do it in a different way, it's not okay. But I want to go talk about addiction not in terms of thinking this is all about, oh, I just want to party or I just want to have fun. That's not where addiction comes into play. To understand neurologically something happens, Here's what I want to start with. In your own brain, when you struggle with judgments and you get, let's say you're irritated, you're agitated, you're irritable, you're agitated. And you say, well, if I just came to you and I said, well, just don't be irritable. Just don't be agitated. You'd be like, well, I can't. And now I'm getting more irritable and agitated with you. If I told you to just stop doing it, you couldn't just stop it. Why not? Well, because it's physiological. So maybe sometimes, for instance, let's say you're hungry. If you're hungry. Listen to this. This is kind of cool. Your hunger is located in a part of your brain called the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is centered in the middle of your emotional system in your brain. So if you've ever had that experience of hanger, it's because you're hungry and you're angry. And well, what's happening is you're literally steeped in the center of your emotional part of your brain. So when you're hangry, to somebody to just say to you, hey, just stop. Just stop being hangry right now. Is really difficult. You can't just stop. Now, when we come to look at addiction, I want you to also think about it in terms of hunger. What happens in addiction is something called hijacking, and we're going to talk about this coming up, but the brain literally gets hijacked. And imagine if your brain is hijacked by something. We're not judging somebody for that. Look, if you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020, or you can email us on Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Addiction impacts so many people. And I have no doubt that you know someone or that you are struggling with addiction yourself. What I want you to hear from me is there is zero judgment on my part. My part is not about a judgment. My part is about helping you find solutions. Tonight, we're talking about addiction. And I know this is a subject that is powerful. It's emotional. There are people I know out there, you've either know someone or have personally lost someone to addiction, or you might be struggling with addiction yourself. So the number to call in for this show is 866-391-1020. One of the things I want you to know is you're not only helping yourself by calling in, but you're also helping others because we get calls all the time and emails that say, well, I was really benefited from listening to your conversation with so-and-so. So I always want you to know that you can call in anonymously or you can change your name, whatever you want to do. This is radio. We cannot see you. 
Um, but 866-391-1020 is the number. If you feel more comfortable sending an email, that's why Dollar Bank Instant Access does that for you with kdkradio.com. And, of course, you can also text us at 866-391-1020, and that number is brought to you by the Right Automotive Text Line, which is the best deal in Pittsburgh. So if you're th- – there are some things to understand about how addiction affects the whole family. I think a lot of times we center on the people who are struggling with addiction and we miss out also on all of the people who are impacted. So if you're a mother and and your your child is struggling with addiction, I have sat down with mothers through the years who have said just a helpless feeling like I want so bad. I remember I was working with someone when I had a, a center out in uh, South Lake Tahoe, California. And her son was struggling with heroin use disorder, and she would come to me and say, I, I, I'm so, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm lost with what do I do, because if whatever I give him, he takes – whatever money I give him, he takes straight out. He's, he's, he's in a really tough spot, and he'll go right out. He'll use again. I'm afraid to not take him in. I just don't know what to do. And I'll never forget her – the sense of helplessness that she expressed – and again, on my end, I mean, there's definitely that moment of like, wow, you know, I mean, I wish I had a quick, solid answer. But part of it is that we're here for each other. We are here for each other because we don't have to do this alone. Like I've talked about this in the past. If we visualize pain as a very heavy log, you don't have to carry that log on your own. That's why we're in this life together. We have each other to help carry this because addiction does affect the whole family. Let let me tell you about when someone is struggling with addiction, oftentimes there are feelings of shame. There are feelings of shame. So here's what happens. I've done this for 20 years. My research has led me to see that people who live in shame act out of shame. So I was doing a training with UPMC uh, nurses today, just on a beautiful group, just a beautiful group. We are blessed to have UPMC here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, but I, I'm talking with these uh, women and men who really dedicate their lives to helping others. And I was talking about how all of us, our energy is important. So we think, what can we do? If we're one person, what can we possibly do? Well, let me tell you what we can do if you're one person. You can control you. You can control the energy that you bring to situations. So our daughter is in theater. She is awesome. She's going to be Belle in her upcoming play. She got the lead role. Super proud of her. Proud dad moment here. Um, Super, super excited. But through the years, she's gone and she's been in plays and, and musicals. And maybe she got a smaller part here and there. And every time, one of the things my wife and I would say to her was, if you have one line, if you have one word, then make sure you put everything into that one word, to that one line. And if we think about on the stage of life, if you get a chance, there are 7 billion people in the world, we're not going to see all of them, but whatever people you do get to talk to, whatever people you are in front of, if you can put your best into that, it changes something. Now, you might not be able to make people do this or that, and that's a helpless feeling at times until we surrender to the idea that we're not going to make people do anything, but what we can do is surround people with love. We can surround people with love. And that, that's, an important, that's an important thing to know. So I want you to understand, too, what happens with your brain 
if you're getting burned out from seeing people who are struggling and you don't know like what, what, what why why is this happening and you're getting frustrated you're getting agitated well something called empathic distress empathic distress when we have empathy distress what happens in our brain is we literally are feeling for the other person and we're taking it on so much that we're experiencing the pain that they are they're 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 experiencing and now that happens that can burn us out that can make us feel agitated irritable and then all of a sudden we become judgmental and we become defensive and it's because we have something going on neurologically as well i want to talk more about this we're going to go to the phone lines we're going to go uh to josh josh you're on kdka radio emotional management yes i've been dealing with uh, addiction since uh 2013 and I've been, basically, I've been hiding it since then. Um, I've been forced to try to self-medicate and try to wean myself off, but it's tough. And just curious on if you had a recommendation to even trying to find a, a proper doctor to even help me get off this stuff. No, absolutely. First of all, I appreciate your call. I think this is something that is, um, I really appreciate your call because it takes courage to be able to step up and say, yeah, I have been struggling with this for some time and I haven't wanted to reach out. So that takes guts. And I'm just, you know, I'm definitely awed by that. I appreciate you calling in. Look, there are, first of all, I want to give, I definitely want to give this number to you for addiction policy forum. They have the addiction resource center and we'll make sure we have this stuff up on KDKA, uh, as well, but I really want you to take this down. It's one. 833-301-HELP, which is 1-833-301-HELP, or 4357. They're there to be able to help provide those resources. This is a national organization, so they're not like with one, it's not like one particular company. They're there to help you find resources in your area. So wherever you are, they'll be able to find whatever is the best possible help for you there. But here's what's – go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Because uh, actually I was shocked. I just – this first time I ever listened to the station, and just right away it's like you're hitting everything right on the dot. Like uh, going through this stuff, my main concern is I don't want work finding out. I don't want this held against me going forward. Um, I've gotten off the opioids, but I think the suboxone is just as bad. Yeah, you know, it's what what happens is we we when we it is literally changing, and I think this is important for you to know. It's literally changing the neurochemicals in your brain, so we get to a point where we go, it's you're not wrong or bad. Like if anybody out there any has any ounce of a judgment for it, they you have to understand that that judgment comes from a place of their own neurons firing a certain way. So, yes, it is tough to get off of, but here's the great news, and this is like something that I really want to jump on, is A, you, it is possible to get off, and it is also possible to rebuild those neural networks without that. So that's something I need you to know it is possible, because I think sometimes we go into it and we say, well, wait a minute, if I do jump off this or if I jump off that Suboxone, then will I even have a chance to be okay again? And I always say this, Josh, I don't know if, you, if you're new to the show, I talk about this all the time, but any kind of emotional struggle that we go through, there is always a beginning, middle, and end to that emotional experience. So there will be a beginning part where it's a little bit tougher, there'll be a middle part where, okay, I'm getting through it, and then there'll be an end part where you'll be like, oh my goodness, I did, because let's think about how you already made that transition 
off of opiates to begin with. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't easy. It just it became like anybody who's ever had this issue. I'm sure of is it becomes a financial burden. Yes, to most people. And you know, once I stopped getting my prescriptions, and then it's well, I'm not ready to stop taking these because I was hooked within three months of being prescribed them. I was hooked. Right. It, it got a hold of me in a way that I never saw coming. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is why I get so passionate about wiping away judgment, because the truth is, this is neurological. It it literally, we can see, if we did a brain scan, we'd say, oh my goodness, Josh, right here is where some of your new neural networks just connected. This is why this path is there. So we don't judge somebody for being hungry. So we don't want to judge somebody for, for, for struggling with this, because your brain is basically saying, the neurons are saying, hey, feed me this, feed me this. Yep. I'm really I mean, grateful you called about this. Go ahead. And there, I mean, there isn't a day that goes by, even though that I'm off. I haven't had a opioid in over two years now. But there isn't a day that goes by where I don't think about, you know, I mean, I could go right back to being hooked on them in an instant. But at least I've gotten past that point where I'm not hooked on those. But now it's the Suboxone thing. And then going to find a doctor who will actually listen to you. And I've... I've had so many issues with trying to find a proper doctor. I go in to talk to one doctor, and it's like the guy doesn't even listen to what I'm saying to him. I I went in there telling him I'm taking X amount. This is what I'm taking per day. He just prescribes me three times what I'm taking already. Mm. And I'm going, wait, what? Yeah. No, I think... the wrong way. I'm trying to get off the stuff, not get hooked on these. I think that's it. No, I think that's it. That's why I want to give that number out one more time just to make sure you have it, too. It's one eight. Three 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 zero one H E L P or four three five seven. That's the Addiction Resource Center. If you're the website is addictionresourcecenter.org. We're gonna have somebody from Addiction Policy Forum on later. It's not like one organization. They get you the resource in your area. Josh, thank you so much for your call. I really really applaud Josh for doing that because that's what this is about, getting people to help. That's why we do this show. This is the show where we talk about the things that are important to you in your life. Tonight's topic is addiction. Of course, you know you can always call in about anything that you're struggling with, but if you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020, you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. On the right automotive text line, we got a message from Derek in Brentwood who said he has been an inpatient and outpatient lots of times. It's been on Suboxone and everything. And personally, the thing that worked for him was methadone. That was what took the cravings away You know, Josh was calling from Wisconsin, and that's why we are going to put up on our our website the Addiction Policy Forum. They have the the addictionresource.org because we want you to be able to get help. One of the great, great things about Addiction Policy Forum and the ARC line, the Addiction Resource Center, is they are national. So you're talking about P and this isn't somebody with a stake in, Hey, let me, and you need to come to me. This is people who are majority volunteer led trying to get people the resources that they need. 
So there, there's a ton of information at addictionpolicyforum.com uh, or the addictionresourcecenter.org. You can call this number. This is a number, and I really want you to hear it, 1-833-301-HELP, H-E-L-P, or 4357. That's the number. So one of the things, and the reason why I am so grateful to Josh and why I love to have people call in is I want to really emphasize that you're not just helping yourself, you're helping others. There are people out there who have family members who are struggling with addiction. And, and you might say, maybe you have a family member struggling. You say, I don't understand. Why are they just not using? Why are they just, why can't they just stop? Right? Well, it's not a just. Again, we have a tendency to minimize other people's struggles, maximize our own. People can't just stop because it's neurological. One time I was working with a, a family and the father was fairly judgmental toward his son. And I said to the father, he was right before lunch, the session, the counseling session, and he mentioned he was hungry. And I said, oh, well, hey, just don't be hungry while we're having a session. And he laughed it off. And I said, no, 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 I'm serious. Just don't be hungry during this session. And I was real serious. And as I said that, and he looked at me and he said, what are you talking about? I can't just not be hungry. And I said, and that's exactly what's going on with your son. He can't just not be addicted. He's struggling with addiction. And that was eye-opening for him, and I want it to be eye-opening for you. This is a safe place to talk it out. Yes, this is a radio, but you can always call in anonymously. You can always make up a name if you want. Addiction affects the whole family. It affects the whole family. So there are mothers and fathers who have lost children. I mean, it is as ineffably sad as we can comprehend. To lose a child is beyond, beyond words. And Here's the, the the thing that we really want to get to is how do we get this help? What do we do? What do you do if you're the one who's struggling? How do you reach out? Well, tonight I'm giving you that resource because I want you to call that number because that number will be there to guide you in whatever state you're in. And then I really want to have you understand that this is something that if we shine light on, we can change. If we leave it in the dark, we're not going to change it. And so we talk about stuff all the time. Here's, here's the thing. This is something that I think is worth learning. When we're young, what do we play? We play as small children, good guys and bad guys, because children can only think in very concrete terms. So, hey, I'm a good guy. This is the bad guy. And it's really black and white, either or, good guy, bad guy. Now, as you grow up, you start to realize that all people play a role in all interactions. So let's say that I have a disagreement with my right, with my wife, and I am uh, I'm 100% right, which I usually am, but maybe it's the way I come across, like I just did, and now I don't want to go home because I'm going to be in trouble. Just kidding. So, so maybe I feel like I'm right in a situation, and maybe I am technically, but I come across wrong way. I play a role in every interaction that I have. Now, why is this empowering to understand? Because if I know I play a role, then I can be responsible for the role that I play. If I can, if I can wipe away judgment, if I can start to increase understanding, if I can approach people with humility and set my ego aside, and say, teach me about you. Teach me what's, what's, what's going on in your life. There are so many people who don't want to go because, as Josh said, you might get to someone who's not listening. You might get to someone who says, uh, is judgmental as you're talking about it. Here's what I want you to hear if you're struggling with addiction. 
If someone is judgmental, they're doing it from a place of insecurity. And the reason why I want you to hear that is <clears throat> it is not about you. It's about them. Now, when you, when you hear that, I want you to know that it's worth continuing pursuing <clears throat> that help because you'll break through to get the help you need. Here's what happens with addiction. Imagine a hijacker comes in and takes over. If a hijacker comes in and takes over a situation, we're not blaming the people who just got hijacked. Now, neuro your neurons, when the hijacker takes over, here's what it takes over. It takes over the part of your brain that's the, your command center. So the part of your brain that's saying, do this, don't do that, is taken over by this hijacker. Now, instead of going for food, you might go for the drug. Instead of going to take care of your child, you might go for the drug. And it makes a lot of sense why people would step back and say, I, I can't believe you would hurt someone else, or I can't believe that you would fail to take care of a child and you would choose drugs over that. But in that judgmental thought, what we're saying is, oh, you're just sitting around with this luxury of saying, oh, everything's fine and I'm just haphazardly choosing this. No, the hijacker takes over the part of your brain, the command center, that's literally telling you what to do. So now food doesn't become as important. Taking care of others doesn't become as important because the only thing that's important is that. So here's my analogy for you. Imagine that you there's a baby sleeping in another room and you're accidentally touch a hot stove and you burn your hand and you yell out. And when you yell out, you wake up the baby. Now, you didn't intend to wake up the baby. You didn't, you didn't intentionally or maliciously try to wake up the baby. Your hand got burned. You had a physiological reaction to something. And when you have a physiological reaction to something, you react. And that's what happens with addiction. People have a physiological reaction. You're not wrong or bad if you're struggling with addiction. It's neurological. There's help out there. There's different help. There's different things that work for different people, and that's why we're giving you the different numbers to be able to get the help you need. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to someone from the Addiction Policy Forum. But this is the show where you get the help that you need. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This, this, this is Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Today on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, I'm honored to have Doug Griffin. Doug Griffin is the New Hampshire State Chair for the Addiction Policy Forum. Doug, welcome to the show. Thank you. Doug, tell us a little bit about, tonight we're talking about addiction and it impacts people. Addiction is a topic that impacts people all over. I think I feel like so many people, even if they don't realize it, are impacted by addiction. Tell us a little bit about your background and your story. Uh, I lost my daughter four years ago to an overdose of fentanyl. Uh, she was 20 years old. Um, and up in New Hampshire, uh, it was very difficult to get treatment. The availability of beds and insurance coverage and everything was a, was a huge hassle. Uh, and since her passing, my wife and I have become advocates, and we've teamed up with the Addiction Policy Forum um, to head the New Hampshire State Chapter. There will be a chapter in all 50 states, uh, and we um, we travel around the, the state uh, spreading information and awareness about uh, addiction. And as you say, 
in any conversation in, in the laundromat, in the grocery store, if you bring up the topic, someone will tell you about you know, one of their loved ones or close friends that's been affected. It's everywhere across our country. It, it really is. And I talked to you earlier today. I mean, definitely, I, I mean, there are no words to t- talk about the pain and, the, and, and for the sorrow to have lost your daughter. So I'm super sorry about that. I, Thank you. When it when what are you, the message that you tell people? What is the message you want people to hear? Uh, that there is recovery, that there is hope. Um, my my goal is to get all people to work together, to work with their uh, their lions clubs and their rotary clubs and their churches, and get people involved. Um, we can solve this problem by working together. Uh, I know that uh, in my travels, I speak to uh, an awful lot of ma and pa organizations that have no real funding, that are doing it out of the goodness of their hearts because they lost someone, uh, you know, someone in their family or, or a neighbor or something. And uh, they have no funding, they have no money, so they, they get out there and they're, and they're, you know, they're doing the best they can with, with uh, no tools. Well, that's so, so it's so true. And to me, like for, it really moves through me as you say there is hope because we had a caller earlier, Josh, who was struggling and said, you know, he's dealing with trying to get off and he's at a point where he's looking for that resource. I gave him the addiction uh, resource center number, but there is hope. And I think that's the encouraging piece that people's brains do recover. They can bounce back. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. Definitely. Uh, when my uh, daughter was having her problems, an awful lot of her friends were facing the same difficulty. Uh, my daughter's boyfriend died in the same room a year later, um, mm. and it was, you know, it's devastating to the community. Uh, it, but uh, half of her friends had gone through the recovery uh, uh, process and are now uh, valuable members of our community. And uh, in speaking with our governor. Uh, I'm pushing for something that I, I would classify as recovery-friendly job fairs to try to get the employers to come out and accept the fact that, you know, Bill's not going to be in work on Wednesday afternoon because he's got to go to his parole hearing. And it doesn't make him a, a, a not valuable employee. Um, they're great employees. People in recovery are, are great workers, and we need to welcome them back into society, give them a chance. That's a message that definitely echoes through me. Um, I have a, a strong passion for working uh, especially with people who are incarcerated and are coming back out into the community. And a huge part of what I do is try to change the narrative around that. So I love that idea of the recovery-friendly job fairs and having just a more understanding. It's it's fascinating to me that we live in a culture where a lot of people are, are steeped in their faith, and their faith is beautiful and wonderful, but that faith doesn't say, let's block people out, let's cut people off and call people bad. That faith says, let's embrace people. So when really, I think this taps into the essence of who we all are, is to reach out and to help others. When it comes Definitely. to when it comes to recovery and hope, uh, okay, so that's that's the message for the people who are struggling with it. What about to family members? What are some of the messages that you teach family members? Uh, to pitch in, give back, you know, try to help out. Uh, right now, I, I'm involved in a campaign, and I have been for about uh, 15 months now, of uniting the churches in New Hampshire to work together, and it, and it's working. We're we actually we're having a luncheon with the governor. He's invited a hundred pastors. Uh, to, to lunch. I mean, that's pretty unusual to have a governor inviting uh, the faith-based community to sit down and talk about addiction. And that's the way we'll solve it, is by getting the, the conversation into the churches, um, out on the street, and making it something that's a, a disease like it, it really is. 
Oh, I, I, that definitely is amazing. See, to me, this is that's what action is. That's what it is all about. You're literally out there doing it and changing it. That's that's honor right there. So, what would you? So, with some of the families um, who say, "How do we approach this? How do we approach this topic with our child?" Like, what would you have wanted to say differently with your daughter, or what have you learned that you would like other families to say to their children? Well, I think you need to face it. You need to have the conversation. You need you need to bring it up and talk about it. Um, not as if it was an evil monster in the other room, but something that's right in the room with you because, uh, believe it or not, a lot of the people that are listening to your show tonight uh, have someone in their home that they don't even know is using, and they don't know how to bring that that subject up. They don't know how to you know bring the conversation uh, into the room. And uh, I think that there, there's nothing wrong with starting it with your kids uh, in uh, elementary school or middle school. Talk talk about the problem. Talk about you know the vaping problem that's taking off all over now, and the, you know the, the need for us to to communicate and and, and let the, these kids know that they're not invincible. That this is a forever kind of problem. You know. So that that really resonates with me. I have said so. One of the things I'll do with my daughter is. We've, if it's been an uncomfortable subject as she's in junior high, uh, we've, I've kind of laughed and said, all right, listen, honey, this is going <laughs> to, this is going to sound really uncomfortable for a couple of minutes, but I want to just get it out there. And so we'll throw out a topic because for me as a professional counselor, like I definitely know that it is important to just talk about it. And so, and I also know, and I try to express this a lot on my show, there's a beginning, middle and end to every emotional experience. So yes, it might be uncomfortable for a moment, but your children, your loved ones are worth it to sit through that dis comfort and say let's just get it out there as you say face it let's bring it up let's just start talking about it there's no perfect way to begin the conversation no and, and one thing that i stress we're losing an awful lot of people and when someone loses a child you don't like stop talking to them you don't like uh, stop visiting them you don't exclude them from an invitation because they've lost a child um, it's very difficult losing a child and and you uh, you want to talk about your child you you want to you know see whatever pictures anyone has of your child because there's never going to be any new pictures so if you have pictures of my child post them on facebook show show them to me so that i can i can capture these pictures cuz it's such a blessing to see a brand new picture that someone has posted of my daughter having a good time um probably doing something i, I wouldn't uh, support <laughs> but and she was a wild child uh, but, but you, uh, but to, to see her face, like I feel as a father, like I feel your words, like just yeah. to see her face is what would light you up. Uh, and, well, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm an advocate and I've worked really hard at this. And since uh, my daughter has passed, she's been on the, on the front page of the paper 32 times. And I see her face pop up when, you know, when they're doing a story about addiction or something. And my daughter, um, she had a, a different perspective on life. If you asked my daughter what she wanted to be when she grew up, she would say, Hawaiian, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so she had a great outlook on life, uh, but we just couldn't rein her in and uh, the resources weren't available. But now they are. And with the Addiction Policy Forum, we're getting those resources out to people, to the coalitions, to the schools, uh, and everything is free of charge. Everything is free of charge. Okay. And if you'd be will, will you be willing to stick around right after uh, the, we take this uh, short break and stick with us for a little bit? I want to finish um, talking to you a little bit more. Sure. 
Okay, that's awesome. So we're going to be back with more with uh, Doug Griffin from the Addiction Policy Forum after this. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. We're talking about addiction tonight. We're facing addiction head on on the Emotional Management Show on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline with me tonight is Doug Griffin, who is the New Hampshire State Chair of the Addiction Policy Forum, continuing this conversation. Doug, I mean, your words are really powerful. The work you're doing is that's genuine. That's that's real life. And I, one of the things that you said to me before the break that I just love is there is hope. So many people struggling with addiction don't believe there's hope. But there you, definitely is. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's well, huge. I think a message for your listeners that is really important. Um, if you if you have a child that is uh, suffering w- with substance use disorder and you know it, um, it's kind of like when you first have a baby. You, know, you walk by the nursery and you kind of peek in at night to make sure that they're still breathing. Well, it's the same way when you have a child with substance abuse disorder. Mm. You walk by their room and you peek in there just to hear them breathing. And, it, it, you know, if you haven't faced it before, it's, it's difficult to imagine that stress. But uh, I would recommend that, it, that they would uh, get naloxone and have it in the house. Um, it, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with having it um, to save your child's life. Uh, it, it's a great thing to have it by your nightstand if you have a child that's uh, got a problem. And talk a little bit about naloxone. Just to, just to give us a brief overview, real quick, on that. Now, naloxone uh, will, when when you uh, overdose, um, your, your your brain basically tells your body to slow way way down. So you, you're barely breathing. Your heart is barely beating. And when you when you use the nasal spray or the the, the injector of naloxone, um, it's it just uh, causes the opioids to release from the receptors, and you bounce back um, relatively quickly within within minutes uh, if you get them in time. Uh, and it, it's uh, it's not um, there's no bad side effects from it. You're not going to you know injure somebody by giving it to them, um, and, and you can save a life. Well, and, and and I think that um, you know, what, growing up, my dad always uh, emphasized uh, education. One of the things he would have me get involved with was poetry, and uh, one of our favorite poems, poems was A. E. A. E. Hausman, um, and A. E. Hausman says in one of his poems, "Prepare for ill and not for good." So we need to pre- be prepared for what might come, and so I think that naloxone is so important to have. One of the questions that comes up is um, blame, because so many people will say they blame themselves and they take this on. For me, this is really something I want to eliminate because what I have found time and again is that people, when they live in shame, they act out of shame. For me, it's not about blame. But could you talk a little bit about that role? Yeah, I, I, I think you always have to be looking forward. You can't look backward. You know, um, especially if you face the loss. And you can't sit there and keep thinking, well, if I had done this, I could have done this, we should have done it. It's crazy. You know, get busy and help somebody else out. You know, that's what you can do. Mm. Um, uh, blame is, it's uh, its hideous. You know, it, it can drive you into, you know, depression. Uh, there, there's no need to sit there and tear yourself apart about um, something that you could have done or something you should be doing. Just do it. You know, if you if your child is still alive or someone that you love is, is suffering and has a problem, get involved with with the community. Get them get them some help. You know, uh, face it head on. Don't skirt the issue. Face it head on. That, that it just rings all the way through me. It echoes all the way through me because I really 
wholeheartedly believe that. I think that the past is gone. We cannot get one single second of the past back. The only thing we have is the present moment and what we're going to do from here forward. So, I yeah, I'm really kind of all on board on getting rid of blame. It is not about – I think what happens is a lot of times for people when they have they, – they're lost. They're lost and they're in pain. And so when you grab on to things like good and bad, right and wrong and blame, then we get to have a sense of something to target and and put our anger toward or put our sadness toward. But the truth is it's not doing any good. It's really not. It's destructive definitely destructive and 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 another thing you hear them you know they have to hit rock bottom that's crap you know if if someone was uh had cancer would you wait until they were just about dead before you did something for them no i mean you need to you react today you know try to get them into treatment today don't wait for them to hit rock bottom that's a that's a crazy thing to do agreed i definitely agree with that that is that's a lesson that is good for everyone. I really want our listeners to hear just not just about addiction, about everything in life. We don't need to wait until this idea, this uh, myth of rock bottom, because why? You, you, you hit the nail on the head. You're exactly right. You're not going to wait for anything else until it's that bad. We want to, as soon as we see something's off, that's when to have the conversation. And how do you recommend people? What would you say? Because we were talking a little bit about this before the break. How do they begin that conversation? Um, well, you could, you could say, uh, are there drugs in your school? You know, because you and I both know that the kids in school know who's using, where they're getting it, you know, who has it on them that day, yep. but they don't talk about it. There's a code in all the schools in America. It's like, uh, it, it's unbelievable. And you can't crack this code. So, uh, you know, you could, you could begin the conversation by saying, I, I heard there was a lot of drugs over in the school in such and such a county. Uh, are they in your school? You know, and, and the kids will open up a little at a time. I, I have a pinball machine in my house, and that's how I was always able to talk to my kids over a game of pinball. We'd just kind of skirt the, the, the uh, question for a minute, and then we could get into talking about it. Whatever, without them having to look me right in the eye, they could talk about it, you know? Yes. So that's a really important That's a really important thing, to, a key to highlight, is it doesn't have to be we sit down and we put the hot lights on you, and this is interview lights, and you know, we're, we're getting out the, the microphones and the video cameras, and we're interviewing you in this you know, this hot situation. No, it's, it's, let's be doing whatever we're doing, playing a big game of basketball, playing a board game, just right. being together and then just bringing it up. Like, and again, there's no right. And that's what I really, I really want listeners to hear that there is no right way. It's not like, Oh, this is the right way. That's the wrong way. It's getting it out there. Cause one thing I think is I have found effective is this. I call myself on if I'm ineffective. Wow. I would have liked to have said it differently, but now that it's out there, this is really what I want to talk about. Um, right. I, don't, I wish yeah. there was a better way for me to say this. There's not, but here's how I'm going to say it. I'm just going to have some verbal diarrhea here and just say whatever <laughs> is on my mind. And also, you can uh, have your kids' friends over the house. Get to know your kids' friends. You know, if there's new friends in the group, there's, that's a flag. You know, if there's somebody that they don't bring home, if they're ashamed to bring them to the house, or they, they're starting to go over someone's house that you don't know a little too often, you know, call them on it. You know, say, hey, why don't you invite Joe over for dinner tonight? You know, we're having game night. Yes. You know, I, I think game night is a great thing. No matter how, I mean, my kids, I still have game night. My kids are in their 30s. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's a great thing. It really is. And it's true. We, shine, we need to just shine light on it and say, 
here we go. Let's talk about it. You have so, a new friend in your so Tell me about this friend. Tell me about it. And anything that is seems to be, like I always say, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. If yeah. you, as a parent, have a sense, hey, my child seems to be off. It's okay to say, hey, I love you. You seem to be off. I'm not sure what's going on. There's no accusations. I'm just saying you seem to be off. And when we, as long as we rely on behavioral observations, I feel that's one of the best ways to get around fight or flight response. I say, hey, honey, I noticed that you seem a lot more tired recently. Tell me what's going on. I want to know what's going on. Yeah, and I, I think if you do things with your kids, um, take them to a ball game, take their friends with you, go to the beach, go to the and go for a camp, go camping for the weekend. You get to see them, you know, over a, a few hour period of time, and then you can tell if they're safe. Doug, thank you so much. Like this is absolutely, it's unbelievable to have you on to share what you have shared with us tonight. Doug Griffin, New Hampshire State Chair of the Addiction Policy Forum. He has genuinely shown us some really wonderful things. And we're going to keep giving the number all night for the Addiction Resource Center. But thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Thank you very much, Dr. Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Tonight we're facing addiction head-on, and coming up, we're going to talk more and really bring the point home. Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The subject tonight has been addiction. Look, the phone lines are going to be open until 10. The number to call in. Maybe you're struggling with addiction. Maybe you have a loved one who is struggling with addiction. Maybe you have a family member who you're just not certain whether or not that person's struggling and you want to know, how do I go about it? How do I, how do I deal with it? Well, 866-391-1020 is the number. I always want to throw out on this show because we deal with real issues so when we deal with real issues, sometimes it's scary to put yourself out there. So the two things I want you to know, because sometimes we don't realize this, is on the radio, no one can see you, and you can give us just your first name, or you can make up a first name. The important thing is that we talk about what it is that you want to talk about. The important thing is to get you the help, and also to shine light for others as well. The number is 866-391-1020. Of course, you are welcome. And we have some emails on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text sign. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. It was an absolutely amazing two segments with Doug Griffin, the New Hampshire State Chair for the Addiction Policy Forum. That is education. That is shining light. He said some very powerful things. Some of the things that he talked about are things that I want you to hear, not just for addiction, but in everything in life. So, for instance, the first thing was, don't wait till it's rock bottom. My goodness, was that a powerful analogy? He said you wouldn't wait if you were struggling. If you found out you had cancer, you wouldn't wait till it got so bad that you would uh, then start to do something about it. So we would, as soon as we find out, let's deal with it then. And that's powerful. That's powerful to know. Something else that he said, I just kind of want to review because this might be something that hits home for you. He said, listen, 
Don't stop talking to someone who lost their child. Here's why we stop talking. Here's why we do this. We're afraid of the subject of death. We're honestly afraid of the subject of death. Yet we will all experience death. The reality is if you've lived long enough, you already have experienced the loss of someone. So we're all going to experience it. Somehow, some way, we think it's if we don't say anything about it, then we won't be experiencing the pain. So my grandmother died December 2nd, 1995. I was very close with my grandma. And I remember I was in college at the time, and no, none of my friends, I mean, they were all kids. Nobody knew what to say or what to say, how to say anything. But I'll never forget there was a girl who I really didn't know, but she came up to me and she said, I'm so sorry to hear about your grandmother. And that impacted me. That stuck with me. Years later, I remember that someone took the time to say, I'm sorry to hear about that. And now, again, it's not that we are um, having the most perfect words and everything's taken away. But instead of shying away from it, it's okay to just say, listen, I'm sorry. I am so sorry to see that you're struggling or that you're in that type of a situation or that you had that kind of pain. So to reach out, let's not stop talking about it. As Doug mentioned, he would love to see pictures of his daughter. He would love to see that. I mean, that's this is your 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 family. And the other message that Doug gave, and I think this is the message that is, my goodness, do I want to reach in your hearts and have you feel, and that is there is hope. That's why I want you to call in. There is hope. Look, the Addiction Policy Forum has the addiction resource uh, uh, line, and it is 1-833-301-HELP. So that's 1-833-301-4357. If you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please take the time to call them. I got involved with the Addiction Policy Forum because I met their founder, Jess Nickel, just one of the most incredible human beings. Uh, and she and I, the moment we started talking, we hit it off. I, I have dedicated my career to approaching people with compassion, wiping away judgment. You know, it was something Doug said earlier about, let's, we talked about blame. What, what use is there? It's gone. What are we doing with the blame? Let's work from this moment forward. What can we do from right here, right now? So when Jess and I first connected, we were talking about how we set aside that shame, set aside blame. Let's just get education. Let's shine light. My whole yield theory is based on conscious education and compassion. I think where we shine light, we can change things. And I think that's really difficult for a lot of people. So many people, we again, it comes back to this. And I really want this to, I want you to hear this. It comes back to being a child and thinking we had good guys and bad guys. Well, this makes sense. A plus B equals C. And as long as A plus B equals C, our world makes sense. But then we get immersed in this universe. <laughs> when I grew up, Hey, we were real certain that there were nine planets in the solar system. Now, now here we are all these years later, and we understand that maybe there are eight planets and, and five dwarf planets. One of those dwarf planets, Ceres, is actually bigger than Pluto. And my goodness, there might be a moon on the outside of the solar system. We have things that we don't even know about in our own solar system, let alone a galaxy with 
hundreds of billions of stars and billions, trillions, two trillion, uh, two trillion galaxies. I just think we live in a world that's so enormous that it is silly. It is really childish to try to bring the world down to it's just black and white, either or good and bad. And when we do that, when we do that, we ostracize people, we push people aside. You're wrong for this. You're bad for this. Instead, let's not try to find one isolated target for our anger. Let's not try to find one isolated target for our sadness, for our anxiety. Instead, let's recognize that there are multiple factors and we're one of them. We're one of the factors that contribute. We are creating the content of this universe. Imagine that you are, you're a writer in the story of the universe right now. You are a, you're a writer. You're an author in the story of what the world is right now. So what are you writing? So think about it. From this moment forward, the next time you gossip, I really want you to hear this. You're contributing gossip to the world. The next time you're negative, I need you, I need you to hear this. You're contributing negativity to the world. What do you want to bring to the world? The past is gone. We can't get it back. I said this earlier. We've gotten to a point where as I get older, I see that it's not about making things complicated. It's about making things pretty simple. We master what we practice. We are what we put out there. So if we're going to constantly put out judgment, negativity, anger, that's what that's what we're creating in our world. So if we can set that stuff aside. Now, I understand, again, I come back to the reason why people are judgmental. The reason why, because people become judgmental because they cling to what they've always known, which is if I can get an easy answer, hey, this is the bad guy. Hey, it's this is the problem. That's why when an event happens, when people struggle with uh, opioids, we say opioids are the bad guy. But the truth is some people survive on opioids and are they need that to get through their lives. And instead of thinking either or, one side to the other, let's think about balance. Let's think about education. Let's think about what we can shine light on. Addiction impacts the whole family it could be impacting you. The other piece that Doug and I talked about that I think is really important to shine light on is this. When you want to start a conversation. So one of my favorite professors was a guy named Dr. Nick Hanna. He was awesome. So I was talking to, he was in the field like 50 years. Psychologist, awesome guy. One day we were talking and in the middle of me talking, he said, you know what? You're going to have to say that again. I just started daydreaming. I missed what you said. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, it's, I'm a human being. Human beings daydream sometimes. And I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so self-aware. I'm like, you're right. That's okay. It's not right or wrong, good or bad. Human beings daydream sometimes. Sometimes we need to just call ourselves. Hey, I don't know how to start this conversation, but here it is. Hey, coming up after the break. We're going to talk more about this addiction. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Tonight we're talking about addiction. We're facing addiction head on. I never want you to think, hey, listen, if we're talking about a specific subject, you only have to dial in about that subject. You could always call in about anything. And if you want to talk, the number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the Wright Automotive text line. That's the best deal in 
Pittsburgh. So here's the thing. When we deal with this subject, some of the first things, and some of the, and let's say you haven't called in, but yet you're, you're dealing with this. Because, again, I know. I know this is in. For 20 years, I have worked with people. And a lot of times people say, well, why is it that we're just understanding this now about addiction? Well, in the general public, I say, okay, yes, it's become more of a national conversation. But my entire career, I've been a professional counselor. So for 20 years, this is what I've dealt with. So I've dealt with people come in struggling with addiction, family members who have a loved one who's dealing with this. So this kind of is my this is my world. This has been my world. Um, uh, and, and when it comes to the things that I see, it has always been in my foreground. But now I'm noticing, yes, more of a national conversation around it. And again, we want to pinpoint an answer. So if you listen to talk shows in general, if you listen to people calling in, people tend to want to blame something. Oh, it's this. This is the culprit. This is the reason why. And again, that makes us feel good. It makes us feel warm and fuzzy. Hey, I have the answer. The answer is this very one thing. Here's the problem with that. A, it's simply not true. And B, it discounts, downplays, ignores the role you play in the situation. So we are all a part of the content that is in this world. Let's take YouTube, for instance. So I have a YouTube channel. It's just YouTube Dr. Christian Conti, this YouTube channel, literally, you can create your own YouTube channel and you can contribute whatever content in the entire world you want to give to the world. So I started a station thinking there are a lot of people out there who don't have access to mental health services. So I'm going to start to do videos that will give people free help. Now, I simply get in front of a camera and just start talking. I share what I've been blessed to come across, information I've been blessed to come across, I share that with the world. You have an opportunity to do that as well. That's one outlet. You might say, okay, well, making videos isn't for me. Well, we talked to Doug Griffin earlier tonight. Doug talked about getting involved in your churches, in your community, bringing people together. There are things you can do. So now you can sit and focus on what you cannot do. You can sit and play the blame game. Well, it's all this. It's all that. Or you can actually stop complaining and start doing something. And it's not rallying people to hate. It's not rallying people to share in your anger. That is not the answer. Anger will never be overcome by anger, but by love alone. Rallying people to feel your anger for something comes from a place of insecurity it's not about rallying people to feel your anger it's about shining light and saying hey this is worth you understanding and learning so i was a professor for a long time i love teaching and one of the things that i always thought was i would leave the door open i say anybody can come in and watch my class we used to have students would invite friends and family members to come into a typical class and I always loved that. And I said, my door's open. And the reason why my door's open is I'm being paid to teach. So now if young people weren't getting my message, I didn't say, oh, these students nowadays, I didn't blame. I said, no, what am I doing that I can, that's not as effective? And what can I do differently? So the question is, what can you do differently? Part of what you can do differently when it comes to the topic of addiction is be a part of changing the narrative. Instead of throwing out words like that person's a junkie, 
they're just a this or just that, instead of calling people names, start to spread the awareness of, you know, I wonder what it's like from that person's perspective. I wonder what it's like when someone craves a substance more than food. How badly must that person be struggling for that? I remember working with a uh, young man one time, a ton of potential. This guy was working with um, like really famous uh, movie or uh, uh, music uh, people, people I can't say even the name of because I don't want any trace back to this person. But he would make music for really, really uh, famous music people. And he said, I remember walking through San Francisco and I saw a man one time, a homeless man. He put a needle off the street into his hand. And he said, I thought that was the most disgusting thing in the world. And I said, how dare, how could human beings live like that? He said, do you know that it was not one full year later where I found myself on the streets of the same city doing the same thing? Oftentimes we think this addiction is out there. It's somewhere else. It's here. It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. How do we start the conversation? Not by saying how people are wrong and bad and how we need to judge everyone. Instead, let's shine light on how can we reach out? How can we make ourselves a safe space? How can we help people? How can we support people through what they're going through? How can we say people deserve to be looked at as equally as before we found out they're struggling with some sort of an addiction? How can we set aside judgment and move forward together? Because there is a way to do that. There is a way to do that. My wife said something awesome once about the whole idea. You know, there's so much anger around politics and all that stuff. She said, isn't it interesting that before elections, we have debates? And why do we have debates? Automatically, we set up we're going to have an argument between two people. What if we had a discussion instead of a debate? What if everyone kind of just said, let's all throw out the best possible ideas and work from there? What if we shined light in that way? That's the message that we want to do. Shine light. That's what we do on the Emotional Management Show. We shine light. This is Dr. Christian Conti, Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. I tell you what, tonight has been powerful to talk about addiction. I mean, really, honestly, from the calls that we got, it's this is a subject that hits everyone. So for me, what I want to do is continue to shine light on every single emotional issue that we face We're all going to face emotional issues. We're all going to struggle at times. And we need each other. We need each other to be our best. We don't need gossip. We don't need negativity. We don't need to call people names and, and make it all about good guys and bad guys. What we really need is to support each other, to be there for each other, to get some education and find out. Look, I thought it was really interesting. Today I was showing brain scans to a group of nurses and I was saying, look, this is what we know today. Like for instance, I was talking about meditation. I've talked about it on the show before. I'll talk about it again in the future, but I was showing how the brain literally changes with meditation. So this is 2018, 20 years ago, I taught meditation. I was still meditating and teaching it, but I, back then it was kind of like, oh, this is a little weird. But now I can say, look, this meditation makes physical changes to your brain. The the neurology aspect to me is so powerful because when we look at things like addiction, we see that someone has something going on physiologically with them. What my hope is, is we become aware that we're all struggling and we need each other's kindness and compassion above everything else. 
Hey, my name is Dr. Christian Conti. This is the Emotional Management Show. And as always, I wish you much peace. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.